Welcome to Fascinating Truth, where godly men suit up for the front lines of the battlefield. I'm your host, David Miles. You ready? Here we go. Welcome back, guys, to Fastening Truth. We are currently in our special forces series. Last week, we wrapped up part two of Vantage, the first of the tactics of godly warfare. Quick recap, we said that Vantage, by the definition that we are given in the dictionary, is a strategic position, a commanding perspective, and a comprehensive view. Built into the word itself is a strategic idea. The idea that we are able to see what others cannot. It's an advantage you have over the enemy. Hence the word advantage. You see these things, that's kind of where we said you don't rush into things blind. You need to know what you're looking at. And we began to discuss how we are affected by the world around us and how our view can be clouded. But if we begin to take God's view, which is taught to us in scripture, that will give us the vantage that we need in order to be able to succeed and actually have a one-up and a strategic advantage over the enemy. But that was episode 20. This is episode 21. This week we're going to be training in our second tactic, and that is none other than veracity. Now maybe you've heard this word before. You've probably maybe heard it before. You may not have. You have heard a word that is based off of it, verify. You've heard that word plenty of times. But when we talk about veracity, let me give you another Webster's, uh, Merriam-Webster dictionary definition to this. Veracity is defined as conformity with truth or fact, devotion to the truth, or power of conveying or perceiving the truth. Now, to be honest with you, when you look at this definition, not only is veracity the best single word that we could use to describe the purpose and mission of fastening truth, as we've discussed in our episodes, if you remember, we talked about in our pilot episode and then also in the episode on the belt of truth and the armor of God series, we discussed truth at length and why it was so important. So veracity is actually probably the best word to describe what fastening truth is all about. But honestly, beyond that, hopefully in our training that we had in Vantage, maybe your mind is already beginning to unpack veracity as a potential strategic advantage in spiritual warfare. And that's what I'm hoping that you will begin to do as we go through this training, as we step up into this, is you'll begin to think differently, begin to process differently, begin to see the world differently, actually begin to have that vantage that we talked about, which is really critical for the rest of this. But we need to be thinking about that when we look at this. How does this affect us? How would this benefit us in our fight? To start, we're going to cover veracity kind of from like a 30,000 feet perspective, just looking at it in a general sense. Then we're going to dive into the three points listed in the definition. So veracity has to do with truth. And the be honest with you, as we discussed in previous episodes, the, the importance of truth cannot be overstated. It, it's just not possible to really under... It, the truth is just so important, guys. I'm, I know I'm stumbling over my words here, but... Truth is something that we cannot dispense with. We have to have it. And we live in a day and age where truth is redefined, where it's belittled. And honestly, it's because truth calls things out. Okay? Truth is something that doesn't care about your feelings. Truth is what it is. Okay? But let's look at how that might apply to us in a practical sense. Okay? If you don't know the truth, 
about taxes and you don't pay any, you're going to have a rude awakening one day and you're going to experience a lot of problems because of that ignorance, because of not having the truth in that regard. Okay. If you don't know how the truth about traffic works, then you are likely to end up dead because there are just, there are so many things that can go wrong in a vehicle. And we all know how tragic vehicle accidents can be. If you blow through a red light, if you do these things because you don't understand the truth about the way these things work, you may be looking at a fatal situation. All right. Now, thinking about that, how do you think veracity fits in as a tactic? Think about it for a second. We're talking about vantage and we're thinking about it in a spiritual warfare perspective. How does veracity fit in? How does it give us a strategic edge against the enemy on the battlefield? Well, to answer that question, we're now going to dive into the three parts and the three points of the definition itself. So let's dive right into that. So the first definition was conformity with truth or fact. You see, guys, the truth only has power if you incorporate it, if you incorporate it into your life and you conform yourself to it. Let's just be honest, okay? The truth is the truth. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. But if you believe the truth, if you put that into practice, there is a certain power that comes with it. Think about it from a military perspective. If you know that the enemy is coming around the right side of the mountain to attack your forces with a surprise attack from behind, that information is only useful and powerful to you if you believe it and act on it. If you ignore it, think about it. If you ignore, if somebody comes to you and reports this information and you deem it as bogus, you deem that as you know, either misinformation or some sort of a sub, you know, subvert attack of disinformation to get you off by the enemy, if you view that as spy type stuff, well, then it's actually going to be worse for you because now it's going to harden you against that information. You've now decided that that is not possible and you will not consider that at all. So a rejection of the truth actually causes a hardening against it as opposed to a reception of it. And now, this is not only true, obviously, we're making applications everywhere, but as you can see, this is a truth in the battlefield, plays out in real life as well. But now on the flip side, if you were to believe the information you'd received, if you got it, you took that as truth, and you acted on it, not only was certain disaster avoided, but you actually can turn that into strategic victory if you use the information appropriately. This is the idea of what truth does for us. Now, the, ver- the, the definition says conformity with truth or fact. So the idea here is to conform, to mold, to adapt ourselves to that reality. Okay? So if we begin to perceive reality and truth and we begin to apply it, it comes out with very practical applications. So think about it in your daily life. If you know that God is working all things in your life ultimately for your good, then the tough times can actually have a peculiar encouragement to them. Now, that takes God's strength as human beings. We are not wired that way naturally. But if we begin to perceive the truth, I'm not talking about how we do things naturally, because naturally we have no vantage. Naturally, naturally we tend to migrate away from veracity. We don't really want to hear the truth. But if we do these things, that's what we begin to see. And if you know that righteousness guards you like a breastplate, like we talked about in the armor series, you can walk in security. There, there's a peace. There's a sense of security, of just a protection that you can walk in knowing that truth to be true. If you know that you are a steward over everything that you have, if ultimately everything actually belongs to God and you've been placed here to take care of it and you know that you have to answer to God one day for how you've used it, that's going to change how you do things. 
And what you'll find is it actually empowers you. Because the idea of a steward, especially in what the example that scripture gives us, we'll probably have an entire episode on this eventually. But the idea here is that a servant, especially the examples that God gives us in scripture, the parable of the ten minas, the ten talents, very different, uh, several different versions of that in the Bible. The idea that we get here is we get someone who is not a king, not a master, but who has been placed in charge of all of the master's possessions and basically functions as one. Okay. So what we see here is someone who on their own has very little, but then has been placed over so very much and gets to live in that kind of a lifestyle with that kind of responsibility and authority, which was given to them by their master. So the same idea here, if we understand that it changes the way you live. Now, some would argue, no, now you're a slave. If you don't, if you understand how God works and how this whole thing works, there's a difference between a slave and an empowered servant. The steward of a kingdom rules the kingdom. The steward of a house rules the house under the authority of the master who has placed them there. God has given you authority. He called humankind to have dominion over the world. He called us to live in a place of authority, but it only comes when we understand that we are not God, that it does not ultimately belong to us. And that is exactly what God has called us to do. So this is what it means to us. When you conform your life and your way of doing things to the truth and to reality, this is how it gives you the edge that you need to not just succeed, but to thrive and conquer. When you understand how things work, when you understand the reality and the truth of things, it opens you up. It frees you up because now you're not chasing after lies. You're not maligned or misinformed. You are actually walking in truth and reality. So this is the first part, conforming to the truth or the, the facts is the other part of the definition. All right, moving on to the second point, devotion to the truth. So in this case, we look at conforming your life is one thing. And it's critical. Don't get me wrong. We have to live that way. But many people have conformed to the truth in certain areas for the benefits that it gives you. Now, there are certain people who understand how markets work. And so they're able to invest their money and get a good return. Other people understand how other parts of their life work, how saving money works, principles and finances, principles in health, taking care of yourself, sowing into that and not just eating whatever. There's plenty of avenues where people have understood the truth, especially in medicine and in finance and economics. There's so many different ways, even in business, where people have understood the truth and have profited from that because they've conformed their lives to it. But it is something else entirely to devote yourself to the truth. So this is when the truth becomes more than just an important insight in your life. But knowing the truth actually becomes your main life pursuit. This is something that you have to do. It becomes a passion of yours. Now, if you're like me, that sentence of knowing the truth becomes your main life pursuit, your passion, what you, what you live for, you have to know the truth. It sounds very Lord of the Rings-esque. It's just very etherical, very story-like. Someone who embarks on a quest, they must discover the truth. Okay. But let me put it another way so we can understand what it means more practically in our aspect, okay? Let's say, let's another way you can put it is this, that say you've tasted something and um, it's far greater than anything else you've experienced. You, ta you tasted on something and it's better than what you've had before. It's, I I'll give you an example. I look at my dogs, all right? 
lately we had one of our dogs was really sick and we had to give them, we had to actually cook some food um, for the dog in order for it to get better. And let me just tell you something that there is a eye opening. Oh my, I don't, I, we're going to see if we can go back to dry dog food. I don't know if it's going to be possible because they have now tasted of this new reality and now there's this hunger. They, they are going to have a difficulty settling for dry food now that they've tasted the real stuff. It's, it's the same thing for us. When you get a taste of something much more important, significant, or powerful in your life, you're not going to be the same person. You can't, you can't, hand, you can't tolerate the lies. You can't live under falsehood anymore. You, you can't tolerate the idea of believing in something wrong because there's something in you that responds to that. That's part of this idea of veracity. Okay, You have to have it now. You've tasted it. Okay, So this is what it means to be devoted to the truth. And just like conformity was empowering, this is even more so. Because now you don't just live life according to the truth you know, but you are actively searching out the truth to rid yourself of untruth. Think about it this way. If someone knows the truth that they have diabetes, conformity would be seeing a doctor and taking the medication needed. But devotion would be scouring your life to root it out and to cure the cause. What is causing this diabetes? What is causing these high blood sugar levels And how can I discover this? Because I have to know. I cannot live under diabetes anymore. I've got to do something about it. Okay? And there are plenty of other examples that we could give. But what's happened in this case is you've gone from the reactive conformer to the proactive devoted. Now, instead of just conforming your health to whatever the doctor says, you are now devoted to discovering health, to getting rid of unhealth, to get rid of illness and disease. And that's very different. And this shift from conformity to devotion is something that the enemy never wants to see because now you're stepping in a new level. Now, instead of just being aware, first of all, the enemy doesn't want you to be conformed to the truth that there is an enemy. You don't want to be conformed to the truth that Satan attacks and that certain things make you vulnerable to him and there are certain things that condemn and and curse your life. He doesn't want you to know that. But there's a difference to the degree he can tolerate that because now you know and that makes things a little more difficult. But once you step into this role where now you're looking for lies, you're trying to find the things that aren't true, well, now you're on a different quest. Now he's being sought. Now he's being looked for in your life, and that's something that he's not going to tolerate. And so don't get me wrong, guys. We step into this. There's a reason it's called special forces. You step into this kind of stuff, you're, you're going to have some pushback, some blowback from the enemy as we begin to dive into this. But you think those were crazy. Let's get into the last point power of conveying or perceiving the truth. So now we're going to enter the final stages, the highest tier for veracity. First, we knew the truth. Then we sought the truth. Now we recognize and understand the truth. That's what we're talking about here. See, the conformed warrior who knows there is an enemy is nearby will guard himself and take precautions. The devoted warrior will turn and be actively looking for the enemy. But the perceptive warrior will see through the disguises and the camouflage and discover the enemy. This is the most dangerous warrior yet. This is the guy with infrared, night vision, heat signature, heartbeats, you know, recognition. That's this guy, radar, the guy that can see everything that you cannot hide from. That's this level of perception. This is the sniper with a clean shot. And you better believe that once you've reached this level, you are the number one focus of the enemy because you are the most dangerous special forces unit yet, okay? Because at this point, 
practically, you're the guy who knows the truth, looks for it, finds it to practice it. The most elite of God's special forces. So think about it. When you see these things, it's one thing to look around, okay, to understand the truth. Another thing to be even looking for it and as you find things, but to reach a level of veracity in your life where you can now recognize. Now, obviously, without being stated, I'm going to go ahead and say it clearly. The only way you're going to know the truth and recognize it and perceive it and all these other things is if you know what it is and you have been trained and molded and shaped. As we talked about before, your vantage, you have to be, can't be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renovation, as we'll say, of your mind. Okay, so this, that step of vantage has to come first. You have to be able to see clearly. You have to be able to see the battlefield. You can't see the enemy if you don't even have a good viewpoint. All right, there's no way you're going to have, you're going to have this veracity giving you this kind of power if you're still in the fog of war. So step one is vantage. Then we move into veracity, but this is where you are looking and you recognize the enemy. Okay, so practically in our life. All right, let's give, just give an example here. All right. Conformed person, you know that there are struggles in marriage. Just going to go with something really down to earth and down to home for you guys. You know there can be struggles. You know that two people are individuals and that there can sometimes be tough stuff. And, you know, when things come up, you can know the truth that you love your life, your wife and she loves you. And you are doing your best to whenever those kind of things happen. When you begin to react, you, you always try to find good ground. All right, so you're, you're, you're conformed to truth or reality that God is in your marriage that divorce is not an option. And this is this is all good stuff. And this is excellent, extollable. This is something that we should be ad, uh, admiring and admonishing in each other. That when things happen, you react by recognizing the truth. That you married this woman. It's for life. You made a covenant before God. You're not going anywhere. And that you need to fix things and things need to be better. That's the conformed view. Now, the devoted is going to be actually looking around for ways to how are th- what things are affecting my marriage? What things about me, about us, about our life, about our finance? What what are things that may be giving the enemy entrance to attack us? What are things that may be attacking us on its own, just causing difficulties or getting in the way? You know, like for example, if you don't understand how speed limits work and you keep getting pulled over all the time, maybe you need to realize, hey, I'm just I'm, I'm speeding a little too much. That that's the cause. You know, so when you begin looking around to figure out what's going on here. But then there's the perceptive word. Now, the perceptive is when your wife gets mad, is upset about something, and instead of trying to calm her down or get mad back, you actually can see through all of that and know something happened that has got her irritated or stressed out and that you begin to see there's something bigger than this. She's actually not upset with me. Now, maybe she is sometimes, okay? That's, that, that happens very much so. We as guys are very gifted in that department. But you begin to see through that. You begin to perceive the truth and understand, oh, no, no, no. I, my reaction here is not to, because like the conformity, it's, hey, there's a problem going on here. You fix it later. The devoted view is going to be more of the, okay, there's I, maybe I did something. Something's going on. Let's just really, let's try to fix this. The perceived may realize this has nothing to do with what's coming out of her mouth. There may be something else going on that either the enemy has whispered to her, she's had rough times, who knows what she just got off the phone with, what's going on in her life, what happened to you all, what's what's got her stressed. The perceptive can step in and say, okay, let's take a look, let's figure out what's going on here and let's just deal with this. All right, now, as a husband, you need to do that carefully. You need to also be perceptive about the truth of how your wife works and how her brain works and you don't come in there like the man in shining armor that's gonna kill the dragon. 
all right, you come in with that gentleness and that calm, but you know, that's another part of perceiving the truth. You bring all that together and it can absolutely transform the way that you do things. This is why it's so practical and so important. Now, another point that was in that that we'll just briefly touch on, not only did it say you have the ability to perceive the truth, but also to convey it. Critical point, especially as a father. You need to be able to teach your kids. You need to be able to tell others. God wants you to get to the point of special forces that not only that, but you can preach, you can share the gospel, you can share what you know with others. Because otherwise, if it dies with you, and we can talk about a special forces unit all day long, but we got to look at the Great Commission. Our marching orders are to go into all the world and preach the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize them, and to teach them what Jesus has commanded us and has given to us. That is that we have been given. That is our mission. Okay, so yes, we need to be able to defend against the enemy in the process. We have to fight things along the way in the process, but there is an overall mission. And if we cannot convey the truth, then all of this is for naught. So that is important as well. We have to be able to do that. All right, now tying everything together, God has called you to lead your family and to fight on the front lines of his army. He has extended you this offer to be part of his special forces. That's what we've talked about. But to do this, you have to train harder than everyone else. So you don't get vacations. You have to fight harder. You have to train harder. You have to put in time no one else is willing to put in. You don't get vacations or downtime. You don't get to play around like others do that you see around you. Okay, But you also, let me just, let's, let's, let's stop for a second. Others may have time to play video games. Others may have time to watch lots of movies. They may have time to do other stuff. Am I condemning pastimes? No. But there is an aspect to which, especially we as men today in America, feel entitled to certain, honestly, excessive amounts of entertainment and, and time to do what we want to do in pastime and for pleasure and enjoyment. But guys, if God's calling you to his special forces, calling you to step up and be a different kind of warrior and man, you don't get all that stuff. You may look around at others and realize, hey, you know, they're getting to do this and they're, they're going to these things and these activities are involved in all these clubs doing all this other stuff, having tons of fun, you know, and I deserve that too. Okay, first of all, let's shift our focus. It's not about us. <clears throat> you are a steward. All right, so you switch back to that. So you, that you don't get that. But guess what you do get? You get to live a life very different than everyone else around you. You get to live in a more powerful and significant life where God does wonders and mighty things around you and even through you. You see, when you adopt the tactic of veracity, you move into a new type of lifestyle. You cannot be okay with simply coasting by, but you have no choice but to dig deep. You have to open the darkest corners of yourself and shine a light there. You cannot tolerate the idea of darkness inside of you nor the idea that you might be hindered by any falsehood. It eats you up, and you have to discover it. And you go in there not only devoted to finding it, but perceptive and pulling it, calling it out, and destroying it. That is your call, and that is what you cannot resist but to do. So you don't just, just let me just tell you something, though. For all of you listening to me, you don't just get to decide today when you hear me talking on this episode, on this podcast, you don't just get to decide to be like this. God has to transform you into this. But you have to know where you're going and what he's doing. This is part of that perception of the truth. And this is me, God willing, trying to convey that to you. But you have made it in this far, and you've listened to what I've had to say up to this point. And if you're listening closely, you are ready to adopt this kind of lifestyle and put in the arduous work. If you've gotten to that point, if this is something that's awakening inside of you at the hearing of this, then, and you can't see yourself being the way you've been anymore, well, then you're on your way. 
So all you got to do now is rise up, step up to the occasion and do what you have to do. Dig deep, do what God asks you to do and you'll be on your way. All right, guys, this, that's it for tactic number two, veracity. Uh, I know we spent two parts on vantage. There's a lot to discuss and explain there. Honestly, veracity is pretty straightforward, you know, and there's a lot, actually so much in here that you can apply. I hope you spend time kind of meditating on this and realizing, you know, to what level are you living in conformity with the reality of God's word? To what level are you transformed to the point that you're living life like the description that we had here? It's critical and it's important. So dig, look at the guys. All right. So don't miss next week as we dive into the third tactic of godly warfare. We're going to be getting into that. And there's going to be a lot more we're going to unpack as you see this stuff's building. It's building. And God has a pretty high call. He's calling us to some really deep stuff. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice, a lot of fighting involved with this kind of thing. But I'm promising you guys it's worth it. All right. So don't miss next week as we move into the third tactic of godly warfare. And until next time, dig in, dig deep, and press on. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Fastening Truth. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, many are called, but few are chosen. We'll see you next time.